From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the roommate syndrome, what causes it, how long it lasts, and what your spouse needs in this season. And there's a quote attributed to Anonymous that says, nobody is too busy. It's just a matter of priorities. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about roommate syndrome, that really comes down for a lot of couples to what is the priority and what are the priorities in the marriage. And so we're going to be digging deep into that in today's show, but we start each and every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And for those of you that are brand new, a hug's an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family, someone who's had breakthrough in their marriage. And this week's hug is sponsored by Open Fit. And we're going to be sharing more about how they are changing the face of fitness a little bit later on in the show. But this hug comes from an Instagram direct message that we received. And it said, guys, I just wanted to say I am so grateful that God put this ministry on your hearts and into this world to combat one of the evils tearing couples apart. I'm a new listener to your show, but I've been ripping through show after show. Awesome. In my marriage, I'm the one who has been rejected over and over. And I just listened to your quantity versus quality episode and it hit me in the face hard. Sex for my wife isn't enjoyable, but the pressure both of us feel is indescribably heavy. She has a lot of pain relating to sex in her past. Thanks for highlighting the need for conversational transparency and intimacy about this area. Hoping we can be a success story hug in the future. Mm, I think it's already a successful hug. Absolutely. You're here, you're listening, you're learning. I mean, already that breakthrough of realizing Mm -hmm. and understanding where the block is where the wall is, is already a huge success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we love hearing from all of you because this, this is what drives what we do here at One Extraordinary Marriage. And, you know, I I was having a conversation with a couple of coaching clients over the last few weeks and I kept hearing this phrase, you know, it's like we're roommates. It just kept coming up over and over again. And, you know, it it goes a little bit further and people say, you know, we're sharing the house and we're sharing the bills and the kids, but there really isn't a, you know, if I would put it in quotes, if you could see my hands right now, I'm doing the air quotes. There really isn't an us Mm -hmm. anymore. There's no intimacy. I've had people tell me that they haven't slept in the same bed with their spouse for years. Mm -hmm. This isn't just a fight where somebody's sleeping on the couch. This is, this has become an adopted lifestyle mm-hmm. of not yeah. sleeping. You know, we aren't having sex. We, we barely touch and we don't have real conversations or our lives just seem to revolve around the kids and chores and just what needs to be done mm-hmm. instead of what we're building, what we're growing between, between the two of us. And, you know, we, we were curious as to what this looks like for the one family. And it turns out that in the one family, about 88% of you, us included, have experienced this at one point in time or another in your marriage. And and like I said, we are part of that 88%. And I remember, I remember this stage like it was yesterday in our marriage. Yeah. For us, it was when our kids were two and five and, and we were, we were in the trenches of parenthood and it's just like, we were so disconnected. I remember knowing, like I knew that I was married but I didn't feel like we were married. No, not at all. I mean, 
I think back to that time and then I go back to a period in time and, and for me when I did have roommates mm. and that was, that was for me mainly in those, uh, college years, sure. you know, different homes, different houses. We were in apartments, whatever it may have been the fraternity house. I had roommates. These were guys that we shared a house. We may have shared a room together and there is that, Hey, we're having fun. And even then though, it's just sort of like, we do our things. Mm -hmm. And then I remember us getting married in sort of those early, early months of just the excitement of being married and one. And, and there's this, there's this connection between you and I, and then thinking about, wow, we were roommates again, because then it was just like living with the guys for me anyways. And yet here's my wife, my spouse, and we're just doing the chores. We're doing the, the day-to-day things, and there is no difference. There was no difference. And I, I wish I could say that for us, this was just like a couple-day thing, right? That, that it only lasted a few days. Oh. But it didn't. I mean, this this was a significant season in our marriage. And, and you know, I think for us, like we had that before we had kids, but it was definitely exacerbated after having kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can I can even recall just... That feeling, Elisa and I've never slept in separate rooms, separate beds. That was never part of, and has never been part of our marriage. Other than when the kids were younger, we'd fall asleep in beds, but we always came back to ours. Mm-hmm. But I remember distinctly during this time period, the touch, the connection in our bed where you would think we would come together, we still weren't. There was still... Still a disconnect. And this is a day when we when we were sleeping in our queen size bed and not in our Eastern King like we do now. I could only imagine had we been in an Eastern King, it'd feel like a chasm would have been between us. You probably could have fit the Grand Canyon uh with the disconnect that was in that bed. Yeah, totally. You know, and and this was this was where we were at when when Tony had recommend you know, first suggested the 60 days of sex challenge and got immediately turned down. There was so much disconnect. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, if, if I can drill this down for all of you, I couldn't imagine having sex for 60 days with my roommate. Like mm-hmm. that's where we were in our marriage. That chasm, like Tony just said, was so wide. And, and for so many, and this happened for us too, in, in many of the early years, it's a cycle that starts to perpetuate itself unless there's an interruption. And the reality is, is that there has to be an interruption or else you just fall into these routines. And, and we all know, we, we've talked about routines so much on the show over the years. We know that routines get easier the longer that you do them. Yeah. And I think the key word here is interruption. What are you willing to do in your marriage right now to interrupt that roommate syndrome that's happening? Because if you're in it, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to be intentional and you're going to have to take action so that you can interrupt that and start moving forward in your marriage. So stick with us. We're going to get into the meat of that. First though, I do want to talk, you know, what's going on in the one family and and what the five biggest contributors are that you say lead to roommate roommate syndrome. Because I, when I looked at this list, I was like, check that box, check that box. Yeah. Like literally we had all five when we were in the roommate syndrome. The, the number one biggest contributor that you all said to going into this season or being in this season was your kids. 45% of you said it was kids. And I would suspect that that's at different ages as well. 
and I don't care if you have a newborn or you have teenagers, I think at any stage that we have our kids, which is going to be 18 years in your home, maybe a little bit longer if they, you know, go to college or they're working, you know, right after high school, whatever, they're going to be around for a while. Absolutely. So we got to, we, we, we got to figure this piece out. The number two was work, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's work schedules, work stress, just job demands, whatever it is. Not working, right? I mean, probably looking for a job, laid off, fired, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. Number three was having a baby, right? That transition. Mm -hmm. A little bit, like it was significant enough that people identified kids, but they also, you know, separately they identified having a baby. And I wonder if it's different for each child, like the first child, there's so much put on that first birth, that first child, does that diminish with subsequent childbirths? I would say in our case, it actually, for us, it got worse. Okay. Because for us, like all of a sudden now you're pulled in multiple different ways. And it's not in our case, I don't think it was that we were both focused on our firstborn anymore. And it was like, okay, we're doing this together. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. but it was okay. You know, like I think about bedtimes where it was, you know, you take one and I'll take the other. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, everybody gets stuck doing something. And so, um, number four was busyness, just this general term of busy schedules, um, obligations, volunteering all came under the busyness. Uh, We can relate to that. Even to this day, we can relate to that one. And then the last one was lack of communication, Mm -hmm. which really, you know, gets wrapped in with each one of those first four, because when all of those things are are present, there's there's going to be a lack of communication. Yeah. Right? Cause you're pulled in so many ways. The, the, um, the inability to make the time mm-hmm. to communicate or even get, get to the point where you're, um, gosh, just where you're feeling comfortable having those conversations. Because again, we get into the routine of those surface conversations. Right. And you know, how do you go deep again? Mm-hmm. Right. In the beginning of our marriages, in the beginning of our courtship and dating, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bear my soul to this person. Right. And we're just going to get to know each other. And I want to know your dreams and I want to go deep with you. And, and then, you know, and so that's comfortable and you get into that place, but then you've got work and life and you get married and you got all these like things going on. And then you throw a few kids into the mix and you got all this and, and you're at the surface, right? Like we've bounced up to the surface. And then because there's so much stuff, you, you lose the ability or lose the desire sometimes to dig deep again. Right. Cause sure. it's, just, it's just easier to stay at the surface. Well, it, it's about being open, honest and transparent and do, are we willing to go there? And when you're in a roommate situation, Hey, when I had roommates, there were certain things I told my roommate and there was a certain level that we got deep and we got connected and it depended on my roommate sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you in the 22 years that I've been married with Elisa, there's never been a person who knows me inside and out better than Elisa. There's not one person that I have divulged more information to than Elisa. And so that's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know you're in that spot, you know, and I'm not saying it's every day, not every day am I like gushing like, oh my gosh, this is the the most craziest thing that's ever happened. No, I mean, there have been moments and times when we share so deeply that that's where I know there's a difference between living a marriage mm-hmm. and living in a roommate situation. Mm. That's powerful. And, you know, I, I was struck as I was looking at this list and just kind of analyzing the numbers and, and all of the feedback that we got from you guys about how kids, you know, so if you take kids and having a baby, um, 
statistically that came out to be like almost 60%. Yeah. 59%. Uh, 59%. And you know, we've become as a society uh, like obsessed with our kids. Right. I mean, there, there are babies now that have Instagram accounts, right? As soon as they're born or before they're born, before they're born. And as soon as they're born, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sharing what's going on with your kid. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's you do you. But what I'm saying is, is that like all of a sudden now we've got to, now we've got to post to their Instagram account and you're posting to your Instagram. you like, like all of this stuff is happening and, and we've got to get kids into college, right? Like this show well, is coming uh, can out. I, can I, can I share something real quick? Because with the Instagram that posting to their account as well as your account and all this adds to that busyness. Right. You know what I mean? You've so just made more work for you. Exactly. And in a time when you probably should be taking a step back and getting your energy back and being close to your spouse, like the, the amount of time spent to take that perfect picture of your child, is that really worth it right now? And that's something you got to really think about. And, and, and believe me, this is stuff that I even think about with what Elisa and I do, because I will scroll through Instagram and I will see pictures of, of folks that I love and, and just how much they're constantly putting pictures up in this. And I'm like, should we be doing more? And there are just times, honestly, folks, and in my life, and I think with Elisa as well, it's like, I just want to chill. Mm-hmm. We run, we run, we're doing stuff. And I just, it's okay if I don't get that one more picture up. It, like we went out on date night this past Saturday. And after I came back from a men's conference and I was beat cause I had maybe a total of 10 hours of sleep over the course of the weekend. And I got home, took a nap and we just went out for a fun date. And it could have been a, a, a special photo op moment and everything, but it was really just who cares about everybody else and everything else and what everybody else is thinking. It's like, I just want to be here with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what matters right now. You, mm. and, and what I'm going to is just, again, that's just leading to that busyness. Are we just adding this busyness to our plate? Nobody's telling us to do that. Nobody's telling you to do that. Right. So you got to make a decision. Is it worth it? Well, and, and I just, I want to loop back around to the kids thing. Yes, please. Because, you know, we're seeing this, this show is actually coming out right after the, um, the college entrance scandal about all of these parents paying right. for their kids to get into college not, and not paying the schools that they're going to, but paying people to help them get their kids into college. Right. And, and so it's this, mm. th- this place where we're, we're, we're so obsessed with what our kids are going to do and, and what their future is going to be and all of this that we've stopped looking across the table at the person that helped us make those children. And we've stopped being in this place. And so we're so focused on the kids and what's going to happen to them that, that we're losing the ability to see, to see our spouses. And so we're creating this thing where, where it's all about all the other stuff, whether it's about work or it's about the kids or it's about all of our other obligations. And we're making all of that stuff a greater priority. We're saying those things are more important than the person that I stood before God and our friends and family and said, I do too. And here's the thing. I have never said I do to a roommate. Never. I had roommates in college. I, I lived in a sorority house with, you know, 60 girls, lots of roommates. I never professed my undying love and lifelong commitment to any of those people. But I did to Tony. Mm-hmm. I did. October 5th, 1996, I stood before God and Tony and all of our families and said, I take you. 
which means that there are going to be a lot of good things. And I have to constantly be reminded of myself, you guys, there, this roommate syndrome thing, it doesn't just go away because you say, you know what, we're not gonna be roommates anymore. Like we're going to be lovers and, and we're going to, you know, define our marriage and it's going to be amazing. Like roommate syndrome can creep in at any point in time. You, and we're going to have to be diligent against it because there are so many good things in this world that we could give our attention to. There's nothing wrong with putting attention on your kids. There's nothing wrong with putting your attention into your work. But when it becomes the priority at the detriment of your marriage, then you've got a problem. And here's something too. If you're running from something, if, you're, if there's something in your past that keeps coming up and you're running from something, then that may be, and you need to re- recognize that in your marriage and in your own life, why there you may be putting up this wall and wanting that roommate situation. Mm. Get healthy. Get healthy. The more and more we do this, the more and more we talk to people, the more and more I just hear from people. It's not where you're at now. You love your spouse. We know you love your spouse. The thing is, is are you willing to go deep, dig up some of the stuff that's happened in your past and get rid of it and then move forward? The thing is, too many of you are just sitting there holding on to the hurts of the past, to the pain of the past, and it may not even have been from your spouse, mm-hmm. and you're not willing to let it go, and you have to. I'm telling you, and if something comes up today, you need to rectify it. You need to give an offer forgiveness. You, you need to work through that. So that way you can move forward in your life and in your marriage. And, and believe me, there are even times right now in my life when things start to come up and they start to fester. And it's not even from Elisa. It could be from somebody else. It could be from a, a work situation. It could be somebody here on the team. And I need to work through that because if I don't, it begins to, to, set, to push me away from Elisa at times because I'm so in my own thoughts and my own frustrations that I could get short with Elisa, that I don't become open and transparent with her. And I stop talking to her and I stop engaging her. You know, this topic has so much weight in couples lives. There's just, there's so much weight. There's so many of those things that we have to take a look at because your marriage, your marriage deserves you. Right. Nobody, nobody ever gets to the end of the, the time, you know, when, when a marriage is seemingly at the end and says, you know what, I wish that I had worked more in my marriage. I'm glad that I was so busy that I didn't have time for my spouse. Nobody says that when their marriage is in crisis. Nobody says that when, when the roommate situation gets to the point where somebody's like, you know what, I'm done living as a roommate. Nobody says, gosh, I don't know what to say. I have seen time and time again that when a marriage is in crisis and a couple reaches out for help or an individual reaches out for help, it's amazing how much time you suddenly have for your spouse and how much, you know, like, like you're leaving work early to do things and you're trying to have these conversations and we have to address how to get out of this and what spouses need in this place, right? How do you get out of it? Because I will tell you the one family is amazing. I asked the question on Instagram stories. I said, what is it that you need or needed from your spouse in this season? And we're going to share those responses. But first, I want to I want to thank this week's sponsor. I mentioned at the beginning, uh, OpenFit. And OpenFit is bringing you something new that is making it so much easier to never miss a sweat session. 
OpenFit takes all of the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from home in the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. And honestly, I love that I can access OpenFit from anywhere on any device because it doesn't matter if I'm in North Carolina for the conference or attending a wedding in Boston. I can get my workouts done in as little as 10 minutes with my favorite workout. And Tony always makes fun of this. He loves this title. It's the 600 seconds with Devin Wiggins. He loves that. I was like, I got to do my 600 seconds. And he's like, honey. And she does it right in our bathroom. I do. We have a big bathroom. Yep. And she does it right in there. 600 seconds. She's going. She's done. She takes a shower. (laughs) There you go. Because the workouts are easy and they're fun. And OpenFit has really changed the way that I work out. And with our code one, so that's O-N-E, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use code one and start using OpenFit for a journey to a healthier life. And right now during the OpenFit 30-day challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days. Just text one to 30, 30, 30. You're going to get full access to all that OpenFit has, all the workouts and nutrition information, totally free. Again, just text one to 30, 30, 30. And hey, you guys are in the roommate syndrome. Maybe you need to take some action right now. Maybe you've just been sitting on the couch and maybe you're just like, you know what? I got to get moving again. Mm-hmm. Go check out OpenFit. Like Elisa, just do 600 seconds a day. Go after it. That in itself could make a difference because now you're moving, you're getting healthier, you're feeling better about yourself. It, it, it all starts adding up. Little pieces. You don't have to do something big. You don't need to go work out for three hours a day. Go do 10 minutes. Elise and I love our walk and talks. Mm -hmm. It's where I think, honestly, at a point in time in our marriage where we broke out of the roommate syndrome because we would just force each other to just get outside Mm -hmm. and go for a 30-minute walk. Well, and I think I think that's significant too, what you just said right there, because when when we started asking the one family, you know, what does this look like in your marriage? 28% of you said that this season, whether you're in it currently or, you know, it's something that's been in the past, 28% of you had been in this place for one to two years, right? That that's a significant amount of time. I don't care how long you've been married. 10% of marriages in 10% of marriages that lasted over 10 years. Wow. These numbers guys, these numbers are why we are behind the microphones week in and week out. And it's why when I started seeing those numbers, I asked the question, what is it that you need from your spouse in this season? And the top, the top five answers. So, so explain that to folks, like what's, who needs what during this season? So what I did was I asked the question, what do you need from your spouse? So this would be like, if we're in a roommate, if we were in the roommate season, right? If we were experiencing roommate syndrome and I came to you and I said, Tony, what is it that you need from me? Mm-hmm. in this season. Okay. And, and and you gave me the answer. I need this. Okay. Right. But and these, these are were, the top five. Right. And these were people self-reporting, okay. right? So they're saying, yeah. this is what I need in that season. Mm-hmm. And so the top five communication, touch, time, attention, and sex. Wow. And you know, and is it the top five in that order? It is the top five in that order. So, which is interesting because one of the reasons they ended up in the roommate, the roommate syndrome was because of lack of communication mm-hmm. and yet to get out of it, what they need so they can get out of that season. The number one is communication. Well, and it, which it, is cool. It's not insignificant that communication and touch 
are the top two. Sure. I, I honestly, I, you know, I saw that. And as I started to see the numbers come up, I'm like, yes, it's the emotional and the physical intimacy. We like to separate those. We like to say, well, I just need this, right? I just need, I just need to have great conversations or I just need more touch, right? But the reality is, is that emotional intimacy and physical intimacy, guys, they're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an either or in marriage. It's an and, right? And you know, it's so funny. People are like, oh, I just want to have a marriage like you and Tony. I can't tell you how many times we get out. We have that statement come up to us. And the truth is, and we will say it often on this show, we are not perfect. We have not arrived. We are still a work in progress. But I will tell you, that knowing communication and touch followed by time, attention, and sex are the top five. The reason we've been able to create the extraordinary in our own marriage is because we became aware through trial and error. Nobody told us this. I really wish that there had been somebody like us around, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago when we were in crisis that to say, to get out of the roommate syndrome, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Can I go through these real quick? Cause I, as, as we're talking, it just, I feel like I got a download on where we could help folks in each of these areas. Mm. So communication, you're, you're at the surface. You don't know what to talk about anymore. Your phones keep coming out because you're, you, you want to distract yourself from your spouse. Honestly, that's what it's become. Like when I don't want to, when I don't want to address Elisa, I'll pick up my phone so I don't have to look at her face. It, just saying the truth. So communication, Grab our book, Connect Like You Did When You First Met, 101 Proven Questions for Couples. You can get that at connectlikeyoudid.com. Grab it. What a way to begin that conversation. And it may even mean for some of you is that you're answering those questions. You're, you're, you're like writing the question down and you're answering and you're giving it to your spouse in a note. That may be how you guys start. When it comes to touch, there's that, that, that conversation that needs to begin to happen. Now, when this, when I see this because sex is the last one, I'm assuming that for most of you who are in this roommate syndrome, you're looking for that physical touch, holding hands. It may be hugging. It may be kissing. It may be just the arm on the knee when you're driving. You guys got to open your mouths and you got to share. You got to let your spouse know what works for you. And then as the spouse, you have to respond. Uh, and it, you may not get it perfect. And I'll tell you, there are times when I have told Elisa numerous times, and I continue to share with her, when we're just driving down the road, just put your put your hand on my forearm. That's it. Put your And, and sometimes she doesn't get it, and I get frustrated. So I got a reminder. And I just have to remember, it, it, that's not, her, her mind doesn't go there. And yet I can gently just say, hey, babe, grab her hand and just put it right here. But I don't have, I cannot react. I can't blow up. I can't become defensive because then it's, it's really going to just solely the situation mm -hmm. time, put it on your calendar, coffee break, go take your coffee break. I mean, if you're not doing it, you need to be doing it. You can get that at one extraordinary slash coffee break attention, put down your phone. That's the one that just from the top of this to here, I just felt it just going like, Tony, put down your phone. Elisa wants your attention. Put down your phone. So I think that's a challenge for each and every one of us. Sex. Hey, if you're not having sex right now and those are awkward conversations, 19 questions to amazing sex, I think is the place to go. Oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 19 questions to at least get that conversation started again. 
if it's beyond, if, if you've already moved beyond that, then I think it's talking about maybe a seven days of sex challenge, intimacy lifestyle. Where are we going? So we're keeping that part of our every day, every week, every month, every year repertoire. And each one of those I think are important for us to look at in that way. What are we doing? Because if we don't, we're going to end up in that roommate syndrome. Well, and you're going to stay there and your marriage is going to fall apart, right? It's so amazing. Even hearing you share all of those resources, I think back to where, where we were 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there have been a lot of skin knees and a lot of stub toes and hurt feelings over the years as we've figured out how to claw our way out of the roommate syndrome. It's not been a perfect, you know, straight arrow, smooth sail to, to get out of it. But I will tell you now, I don't worry about falling back into it. So I, I want to encourage each one of you, if you're there, if you know somebody that's there, because chances are you know somebody, if it's not you, you know somebody in that place, resource them. One mm-hmm. of the biggest gifts that you can be to another person is a resource to let them know that there is hope, to let them know that this is not, roommate syndrome is not a permanent condition if you don't let it be a permanent condition. But you have to take action and you have to make the choice to get out of that place before it becomes irreversible. Yeah. Wow. This is a good one. I I really love it. And I think a lot of us need to just consider where we're at right now, where we're at, what we're doing, because I I will tell you, and I told someone just yesterday that I'm more in love with Elisa 22 years into this thing called marriage than when we first got married or even 10 years in or 15 years in. And the reason is, is because we got ourselves out of that roommate syndrome. We did. We, like Elisa said, we clawed our way out. There are many a times that we, we had to fight tooth and nail to get to where we are today. But I'm going to tell you, it's so worth it. It's so worth it because with that, there is more attention to one another. We, we, we realize that there's, there's more to this life than just living side by side and not knowing each other, but living side by side and fully, fully being engaged with one another in all forms of intimacy. So go after it this week, you guys. Go after it. If you're if you're in this place of just going, we're just doing this life and who knows what it is, figure it out. What What's that top thing that's holding you guys back? Man, work together. Get on the same page. Take some time in your calendar each and every week to love on one another because that's what's gonna make the difference from being where you are to experiencing the extraordinary in your marriage. We love you guys for all you do each and every week to come here, to listen to a new episode, to pour into yourself and into your spouse and to others in your community. We want to say thank you. We're truly blessed because of you guys. And I want you to know there's a couple right behind these microphones that loves you, that knows the struggles you're going through, that knows the highs that you are on. And no matter where you're at, we're here for you because there's something on your life right now that needs to come out so that you can experience and truly be fulfilled with the spouse you have. You don't need to go somewhere else. You don't. There's fulfillment where you're at. You just need to determine what you're going to do to get rid of the busyness, to get rid of the, the frustration 
to get rid of the lack of time and to enjoy each and to enjoy each other. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.